Welcome to the Cedarville First podcast. If you enjoyed this week's sermon, be sure to subscribe to this podcast to hear the latest sermons as soon as they're available. I'm so glad you're back. What'd you come looking for tonight? Anybody come expecting anything? I'm just curious. Because there's always people that come to church that never leave disappointed because they never come expect anything. Didn't change them any. But I've been to church a lot of times where I was disappointed because I had prayed all day. I had need in my life, and I wanted God to do something. And uh, it didn't happen. But I just believe tonight that the eyes of the Lord is looking in this congregation and he's looking for somebody that says, I wanted to make a demand on the goodness of God. Yeah. Pastor, I don't know because I couldn't hear. But did you know that there's four ladies over here that's first time visitors? Okay. I got acquainted with them. They said right behind me, I said, sorry, girls, I can't say a word. I can talk to you, but you can't talk to me because I can't hear you. (laughs) Before I get started tonight, I want to talk to you about uh, Glenn Dorsey Ministries. Everywhere that we go this coming February, I will be going to Italy and to France, and to Belgium, and we'll be doing ministry there in the churches. All of the books that I've written have now been translated into uh, Hungarian, Italian, French, and uh, they have opened doors for me. So I'll be going there. Last year, I went to Hungary. We did about a $60,000 project there. There was a church of about 150 people that was meeting under a sheet of plastic in the wintertime, no way of staying warm, just staying dry partially. And God put it on my heart to raise money to help them, so I purchased for them, the Glenn Dorsey Ministries did, you, you did, because everything that, whether we sell a book or whether, we take a, whether you give an offering, we don't take anything out for ourselves. Everything that comes to us goes straight through to a project helping somebody in the world. I want to leave this world helping somebody. So we bought them a couple of what you hear they would call them kind of like business hugs. They're enclosed with glasses on the side. It's got them out of bad weather. And we paid for about another third of a church that was being built there. So uh, this year, I've taken on a project in Rwanda. I want to tell you about Rwanda. I'm sharing this information with you, one, so you can pray about helping to support it. You see that QR code up there. Whatever. Uh, if, if you would like to make a donation toward that, just put your camera up there, and it'll take you to a place where you can donate if, you, if the Lord speaks to you about that. Don't want your tithe money. Don't want any money that you need on your building over here. Only if God tells you to do it. But in 1990, Rwanda had 8 million people. There was a 
revolution broke out in the country, and over 800,000 people were killed in one year. We had 100, around 100 churches, and uh, in that same year, they killed every pastor and every Assembly of God church member, leaving only five underground churches during all of that problem. I have come into to a partner with another ministry that has a goal of rebuilding Rwanda in five years. So the numbers were given to me, and for $35,000, 15000 for the land, or 10000 for the land, 15000 whatever the numbers are, the combination is for the land and for building. It's not it's not a tabernacle, it's a building like this that is enclosed. The government requires that the pastor have a four-year degree. They require that it be in the dry in an, uh, a nice building. The pastor there makes $35 a month. So what I'm trying to do is build the church. So I'm raising $35,000. I'm paying a, a pastor's salary for a year. And we're going to pay $1,000 to create a crusade to start a church. And we're going to pay $600 for a cow. <laughs> we're going into the cow ministry. The cow will be, a, will be a source of income to the pastor because it nourishes the family and some of those that live around them. So... Um, I just want to let you know we are doing something in the kingdom of God. If you see or feel anything toward that, we'd appreciate appreciate anything that you can do for it. Whatever offering, Pastor, that you give me is going to go toward that project. And I just believe that God is blessing your church because you're a missions-minded church as well. So uh, we're thankful that God has allowed us at this age to be in health enough and good enough shape to take on projects, and to have people like you pull alongside us. I never intended to say these things tonight. I went home, and I'm, I'm used all afternoon. I just soaked in the presence of God, and I said, God, I, I know I prayed and sought your will for I got up here, and I was having a conversation at the table with the pastor, and and I, I this, this kind of stuff just gets all over me because it's, I, I love to bless God's people. Now, you have to understand, I'll say something about that in a minute. Don't let me ramble. Stay, stay in, in your place, Pastor. In Psalms 86 and verse 17, this scripture is this verse that God challenged me with in my life. Now, I want to tell you something. There are scriptures that we read and we say, yeah, those are good. I believe those. But we have not tested them. We've never had an emergency in which that verse was drawn into my quiver that I could use against my enemy. I have found several verses in Psalms and Proverbs recently that have strategically helped me to make business decisions about finance, about family, about health, and I'm just sharing with you what God has been sharing with me. This may last 15 minutes, 
It may last till midnight. Just kidding. But God wants to pull some things out of his words. Why don't we read the Bible? We read the Bible because it's the only book on the earth that tells us who God is and who we are. Where we came from and where we can go. That's the only book. It tells me how I can be saved. So, if I want to know about God, I have to read his word to find out what God is like. How we see God is oftentimes determined how we have seen our earthly father. If our earthly father was never there when we needed him, if our earthly father never met our physical needs, if our earthly father never met our emotional needs, if he was abusive in many different ways, then when I come to this father, automatically I have to get past my dad to get to God. And when I see God, he looks like my dad. Does that make sense? I've talked to you about that in the past. So I, I have no struggle in trying to bless God's people because I have tapped into some scriptures and I have proven through my life experience the goodness of God. Now you didn't know what I was going to be preaching about tonight, but this morning you confirmed my message and tonight you did the same. I can come out of my chair running when you start talking about the goodness of God. And look at this in Psalms. 86. He said, show me a sign of your favor. And that those who hate may see and be put to shame because of you. Lord, you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Look at that first sentence. Show me a sign of your goodness. I read that recently, and God said, I want you to discover my favor. And I said, Lord, I've never heard anybody teach about that. I said, uh, I really don't know what you mean when you talk about your favor. And he said, why do you think I'm asking you? I know you don't know it, but I want you to prove it. Show me a sign. He didn't say, show Israel. He said, show me. I'm your servant. I want you to show me a sign. Now, it's amazing when you can show the same verse that moves you to somebody else. Recently, I made a business decision based out of Proverbs, and I showed a verse to a person. That what the verse says is, prepare the field first, then build your house. I showed that to my brother. I said, brother, what's that mean to you? He said, it don't mean nothing to me. I showed it to one of my other friends. I said, does that verse mean anything to you? He said, that don't mean one thing to me. I said, it means everything to me because my future is in that verse. God gave me a clear instruction on what I'm supposed to do. That was a sign to me. So when you talk about a sign, everybody ain't, may not see what you see because they're not looking for what you look for. Show me a sign of your favor. So I put God to the test. I said, okay, God, if you're going to 
Test me about favor, I'm going to test you. If you want me to have favor, I want you to give me a sign. That's what the book says. I said, from now on, wherever I go, I want there to be a parking place close to the door. That just came into my mind out of nowhere. I wish I'd have said, let there be a $100 bill on the sidewalk every morning. But I said, give me a parking place. So I start teaching my staff about the favor of God. I said, look for the favor of God. The favor of God simply means I want you to bless you, but when I bless you, I want you to recognize the blessing, and I want you to recognize who gave it to you. It didn't come by chance. It didn't come out of left field. It came because I ordered it the day that you needed it, and my packages always arrive on time. Favor. So we challenged God, and I said, okay, guys, we're going to go to Memphis. Back in those days, they didn't have an Apple store in close by. wasn't one in Little Rock, so we had to go to Memphis. Took my staff, there's five of us, got in the car. I don't know if you've ever been in an Apple store or not, but whenever they come out with a new product, you can't hardly get through the door. People are just dying to give them money. They're standing there with cash and credit cards just mad because they won't take it. That's my dream church. <laughs> so I pull up on the parking lot way back on the backside, and I say, guys, watch this. God told me to challenge him about his favor, and he said, I want you to recognize God's going to do something. He's going to give me a parking spot right by the front door. They all started laughing. They said, Pastor, this is new phone season. People are buying new computers. They won't be maybe handicapped. I said, no, because at that time I didn't have handicap stickers. I said, God's going to open. He's going to be a parking lot. So we pull around, get right in front of the store, and they start laughing, and a car backs out, and I just whip right in the front door. We go to a restaurant. I say, guys, guess what? Somebody's getting ready to leave so I can get in the front door because God wants me to understand <coughs> he is giving me a sign that he wants to bless me. He's showing me to convince me. <coughs> Pull up in front of the restaurant, sure enough, same thing happens. <coughs> That's been a few years ago. I have taught my grandkids the same thing. I said, kids, watch what happens when Papa pulls up in Walmart. <laughs> It'll make a difference where we go, whether we're out of state, where we are. And I, I pull in and I look over at them and they say, we know, we know. I said, what is it? They say, favor, favor. God is consistent in his goodness. And it's time for us as Christians, regardless of what the world economy is dealing with, heaven is not broke and never will be. 
And God's relationship with his children is never jeopardized as long as I keep in fellowship with him. Psalms 112 is a chapter that if you are a believer, you need to walk through that chapter and circle everything in there that God says that he will do for a righteous person. Now, don't read it now. Read it when you get home. So favor is a big thing. In Psalms 119.58, he says, I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. Some people want God's favor so that they will see God's hand is on their life. But God gives favor so people can see him in you. There was a young man in our day, we didn't have youth groups, but there was a young man that we all looked to. And he always dressed sharp, had the latest duds, always polished shoes, tie. He was a class act. Sucker always had money in his pocket, always was happy. And I said, I, I'd like to be like him. And he started teaching us out of the Word of God. Now, you have to understand something. There are some people that think spirituality is poverty. And the reason they think that is because they're living under a curse. God don't get any glory out of you having lack. It hurts his name. God is known by the way that he takes care of his kids. Just follow him as he leads his people out of Egypt toward the promised land. They never lacked anything that they wanted. In fact, they got so much of it, they throwed up. I want to be just like him. And he comes out with this verse. It's my verse. I've proven it. My family's been built on it. My giving has been built on it. My life has been built on it. Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first. Wait just a minute. To have favor with God, what that man was telling me, he said, let me give you the secret to my life. I thought, now we're getting somewhere. If I want what he's got, he's given me a clue to get what he's got. And he said, I built my life around this verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I said, all right, I got it. It's clear. God is always going to be number one. He's going to be before my kids. He's going to be before my wife. He's going to be before me. He gets my first time of the day. The first two hours, I spend my time with coffee and God, reading the Bible, musing, meditating. Lord, teach me what it is that you want me to know today. He gets the first of my income. He gets the first of my increase. And by the way, let me tell you that first fruits is different than tithing. I have discovered that whenever you change jobs or a vocation and you get a raise, what's happening in your life is you're getting first fruits. You're getting new money. You're getting bonus, something. And so if you will bring the first 
check you get when you change jobs. Don't let me ramble here, but I got a doctor's wife that comes to our church. This, this, this doctor and I have played golf together for 37 years. Got him in the house of God playing golf. Y'all supposed to shout over that. His wife dies. He marries another lady, and she's a school teacher. She's a counselor, and uh, we're getting ready to build the family life building. We're going cash. We're not borrowing money, and so one of the ways that we challenge people to give was just whatever God speaks to them, and she said, uh, stood in front of the church, and this is what she says. She said, I'm changing jobs, and I'm getting a promotion. And she said, I'm going to be making several thousand dollars more a year than what I made on my last job. She said, this year for the new building, I will give the difference between what I was making and the job that I'm getting now with all the bonuses. She kept that promise. Last Sunday, I preached in her church. I walked over to where she was at, and I said, don't you regret that. I said, I'm sure you laid awake at night and said, I wish I'd never done that. She was grinning from ear to ear, and of course she was saying, I never missed it. She wasn't married to a doctor then. She, was a, she had been divorced. She, didn't have, she hadn't married anybody, and God brings this man into the house of God. They get married, and her life radically changed with increase simply because she brought first fruits to God. We're still talking about favor. So increase, when you put God first, seek ye first the kingdom, when she put that first year's difference, that is first fruits. God said, bring your first fruits. That's not tithing. I dare you, I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you. Try it and see what God does in your life. He said, seek first the kingdom. I said, got that one. Then he said in his righteousness, I said, I got that one. And then he said a word that I asked this lady this morning. Do you remember what that word was that I asked that lady this morning? I asked her to say it three or four times. Do you remember what that word was? You remember, what was it? Say it louder. I can't hear you. There you are. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. What things? Anybody in here don't like things? I tell you, I like things. As some dude back there this morning, I saw his shoes. I said, man, those are nice shoes. Caught my eye. The things that Jesus is talking about is 
housing, food, clothing. Jesus said, you don't have to worry about those things because you're living under favor. I'm your father. And David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging for bread. He said, I'm your daddy and I'm going to take care of you. Now, I want to click right here your mind. I don't want to, I want to try to reconstruct some of the ways that you think about what I'm talking about. God wants you living with favor. And the way you get favor is by putting God first, desiring his righteousness, and these things we never even ask for. Now, we have a mindset in Christianity that we are needy people. We are needy people. You know why I know that? Because, let me see if you know this verse very well. It's, it's, um, Philippians. 419. What is it? But my God shall supply all of your need. How many of you know that verse? My God shall supply all of your need. This is what God challenged me with about this word favor. When are you going to quit living for need? We live wanting our needs met. He said, wait a minute, I told you I've already covered what your needs are going to be. I want you to understand that you are favored because of who your daddy is. And I want you to understand that it's my desire to bless my people, not curse them. Now, I'm a dad. And I got five of the smartest, cutest, you know the role, grandkids that a man could have. And they know that when they come to Papa's house, things are going to happen there don't happen at home. Because mom and dad say, no, that's going to rot your teeth out. Mom and dad says, no, you can't have that. You're going to be too fat. They say, no, you can't do that. You won't be able to sleep tonight. You'll be too tired. When they come to Papa's house, we turn that tab and say, how deep in that candy bar do you want to go? <laughs> we make homemade ice cream six quarts at a time, and we don't want to stop until we hear the bottom of the bucket.
here's the way I was raised. I'm, 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 I'm using this humorously to open your mind up to this is how God sees you. My dad raised my brother and I that what he does for one son, he does for the other. He gives one 50 bucks, he gives the other one 50 bucks. Well, I did that with my kids. Now I've got grandkids, five of them. And that can rack it up quick. <laughs> you better be careful what you say yes to to the little one now because now they're teenagers. And they want that $6, whatever comes out of that coffee house. <laughs> and we're keeping score here. Out of four, out of five grandkids, I got one grandson. Four girls I can't identify with. I can't play dolls with them. You know, I can't talk cheerleading stuff with them. I, I, I'm just not into that mold, but I got a grandson that plays golf with Papa. So he kind of touched a little nerve the other day. He needed something better than what he had. And I said, well, let's go down and see what they got. He looking around, looking around, and I knew if when I got in there what was going to happen. He didn't ask for it. He didn't have to. I turned around and said, what did you think of that one there, son? He said, well, that's fine, Papa. He said, that, that's good. He said, you know, I, that's good. I said, is that what you want? He said, well, this one over here. See the price on that, son? Yeah, he said, that's why I, I can be happy with this. He said, Papa, you know, you don't have to buy me anything. He's so appreciative of anything I do for him, which makes me want to do more. <laughs> so he, we walk out of there with the golf club that he wanted. I go home, sit down in my recliner and said, now, go get your checkbook because you got to write four more. I want to tell you that in this house tonight, and hear me well, God does not want to bless any other person in this house any more than what he wants to bless you. He created you. You're his. He's crazy in love with you. But what you get from God determines whether you qualify for his favor. Are you putting him first? Are you seeking his righteousness? Now, any dad wants to give his kids the best that he can. What I'm trying to tell you is, are you going to live always in need, or are you going to move from need to want? <clears throat> Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I saw that dude dressed up with no shoes on and quoting Matthew 6.33, I said, that's going to be my life scripture. I'm going to challenge God with that verse. And I have. God said, 
challenge me. David said, Lord, give me a sign of your favor. Uh, you a dad? Let's say you got $100 in your pocket. No, let's say you got 300 in your pocket. Dream on, cowboy. You got a, you got a, a small son. You're much younger. You're much younger. Got a small son. And he needs a pair of shoes. He needs a pair of shoes. And you say, son, let's let's go town. It looks like you're going to have to replace them shoes. Let's get some different shoes. Come on now. So the boy, you get him in the car. You take him to town. It's a big deal to him. Y'all walk in Walmart store and you go back there and he starts looking at the cheapest pair of tennis shoes they got. And he says, son, you like those? Well, well dad, those work. They, they fit. You know what you're going to do because you got enough money to do more than just take care of his needs. You said, son, do you see anything that you really like? And he said, I like those Air Jordans over there. <laughs> Before he knows it, that dad's got that son over there. He's whipped that cash out. That boy has strapped those Air Jordans on, and when he goes to school, he is the talk of the school. Everybody sees the favor of God on him. You've been putting money and you're tithing into this building. You're putting money into this building. Some of you have sacrificed. Some of you may not have sacrificed. But I'm telling you that God wants to put favor on you. Whatever you do over here, you're never going to miss and you're never going to regret. But you're sowing a generational harvest that's going to go past you to your children and to your grandchildren. And I say that because I sowed a brand new truck in our building. I had a S210 pickup. Anybody ever seen one of them sorry dogs? I don't blame you for raising your hand. That's the sorriest truck that ever hit the road. Had an aluminum block in it, put two engines in that thing. In the middle of a church building program, I needed a vehicle. Wife and I decided, well, we're going we're gonna to make a truck payment. Until we paid a truck off on that building. My son and I, teenage boy, driving down toward Cabot, and all of a sudden that thing bellers and bucks and kicks and snorts and black smoke going everywhere, and I whip it off the side of the road, and I'm mad. And I'm not mad at God. Jumped out of that truck and slammed it on the interstate started walking toward Kevin, and I said, devil, I'm, if I have to walk to church, I'm not changing what I told God I would do. I'm doing it for God's glory because I love God's people, and I believe in the future of this church. I don't care if I got to walk. Just so happened there's a man in the church that was a mechanic. Somebody whipped off the road, took me and my son somewhere. 
<coughs> he came and pulled it to a place where he could work on it. Wouldn't let me pay him for doing the work on the truck. <clears throat> I've been to the church there 20 years. We're having a church picnic. I got my back turned to everybody. I'm more interested in food and what's going on. I'm throwing everything I can on that charcoal hamburger. All of a sudden, people start clapping and people start hoorahing. And I thought, what are they hoorahing about? And I turned around and looked past her, and out from behind the parsonage, there drove out a brand new four wheel drive Chevy candy apple red truck. What I sold in God's house, God gave back to me more. That's my story. Why am I preaching to this side over here? Y'all get your wallet out. <clears throat> I'm talking about favor. I'm talking about moving from need to blessing. I told you about first fruits. Now I want to tell you about multiplication. For years... Two things happened. When I was 39 years old, I had an open-heart surgery. And when I had that surgery, I realized my wife needs a place to live. She can't live in the parsonage. If I die, they'll make her leave. She needs a home. So I put it in my goal. I'm going to build her a house. And then I realized I got two kids, and if anything happened to me, I don't have any kind of life insurance. And I, I've got to come up with some future income to secure my family. And so what I thought was doing wise was, I shouldn't say it's foolish because a lot of people do well. I didn't. I trusted a man that was knowledgeable in, in investment funds. So every month for years, I would put money in this investment fund. He was a Christian man. He wasn't a thief. He was an honest man. But we went through this period there where the stock market just went rock bottom. <coughs> and I thought, if I don't get that out of there... <laughs> <clears throat> sure those fans are choking me up could we do something about those <clears throat> I'm almost done where was that I was investing so I started investing <clears throat> I had invested probably 10 to 15 years when all that came along. I cashed out. Mom, you remember how much money we made? Just barely more than what we had put in. Now, learn something about stewardship. If you don't know anything about investment, I encourage you, stay out of it. I am serious. If you don't know money, stay out of it. So here's how God helps people like me that are illiterate and ignorant about money. He said, if you'll sow in my kingdom, I'll pay back 30, 60 and a hundredfold. So I started taking that same amount of money and I started putting it in the kingdom of God. 
I gave it mission. I'm talking about multiplication now. The favor of God wants to multiply, not just add to you. Tithing protects what you got. Giving to the poor, God says, he that lendeth unto the Lord, I will repay. That means whatever you give, he's going to give it back to you. You don't have to lay awake at night worrying about it. But when you give a thanksgiving offering, when you give a free will offering, something that you want to do just because you want to do it, God's put it in your heart to be a giver and a blesser. And when you believe that God's big enough to replace what you turn loose of, get ready because you're going to start seeing the hand of God open the Red Sea. You're going to see God bring stuff to you you never dreamed you'd ever see. So I started sowing. Here I'm a young preacher, about uh, probably 23, 24 and I'm hanging around this old Nazarene preacher. And uh, my wife and I are renting one of the duplex. One of the duplex apartments that he's got, we're right next door to him. We hear him pray at night, hear him give thanks over their food. He could hear right through the wall. And I, I watched, and I was, I, was, I was out with a walk with him one day, and I said, sir, do you mind if I ask you a question? He said, sure, go ahead. And I said, well, how many properties do you have? He said, well, I've got three in my house. And he said, they're all paid for. I didn't follow up with any other questions. It wasn't any of my business to be prying. So here I am, this is right before I resigned the church in BB in 2017, I'm driving toward Little Rock and the Holy Ghost sits down beside me and he said, do you remember praying when you was a young preacher? Now I understand I only prayed this one stinking time. You ever prayed prayers you even forgot you asked? He said, you remember asking me through prayer when you got old, you'd like to have what that old man's got? Yes, sir. <coughs> he said, what do you got? I said, well, let me stop and think. One, two, three. I got three rent houses and they're all paid for and my house and it's paid for. You call that coincidence? I call it favor. I call that seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. I call it living a life of gratitude. It's not enough to tell God thank you. You got to remind him of his blessing and of his favor because the key to more is gratitude. How do you express gratitude? i got to bring this thing to an end. Have to. I could go all night. I love talking about blessing God's people. I, I was mentoring a young preacher, and I started talking about the difference between thanksgiving and gratitude. 
He said, man, keep talking. I've never had anybody talk to me about that kind of stuff. I said, okay, this is, let's say that you buy me a computer. And I say, thank you. Is thank you enough? He said, well, it probably should be. And I said, well, when you tell that person thank you, they gave it to you because they're honoring you. But I said, there is a diff deeper level of, than just thank you, and it's called gratitude because gratitude responds publicly. And it would be like this. I was preparing the message for tonight, and I never would have been able to have accomplished it if it had not been my friend that saw that I needed a computer, and they so graciously, unexpectedly brought this marvelous computer to me, and I just want publicly for you to know that I honor this person with thanksgiving because I'm not worthy of your gift. That's gratitude. And I'm here to tell you, stand with me. me please the very first church that we pastored was in Barling at the gate of Fort Chaffee My daughter Lisa was about how old at that time. She was two. Just could barely talk. And there was a place over there called the King's Table. Anybody ever heard of it? One lady, yeah. And she, we loved to go in there. It was a buffet, and they had shrimp on that buffet. And Lisa just loved it. So the reason we went there is because Lisa liked to eat there. So we go there, she fills her little tummy full and I'll fill my tub full. We get in the car and we're driving back to Barling and out of the back seat, I hear my little two-year-old daughter say, hey dad, I really enjoyed that. I appreciate you taking me there. She said that with such humility and sincerity. I said to myself, I bet you would go back there sometime soon. You've been wondering why certain things have not been coming to you. You think it's delay. It's not delay. It's God waiting for you to get the priority in order so that he can give you his favor. Seek first the kingdom. Make the things of God more important than the things of man. And all these other things will be added to you.
that's taking care of your needs. But God wants to bless so much. <coughs> he blesses Abraham for his obedience when he walked out with nothing and he becomes one of the wealthiest men of the East. Jacob, Isaac sows in a famine and in one year he receives a hundredfold when nobody else was getting anything. Jacob said, I will tithe if you will keep my brother from killing me. And God blessed the house of Jacob and established the nation of Israel. God's covenant with them was this. I will prosper you. I will teach you how to prosper. I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. I will make you the head and not the tail. I will make you the lender and not the borrower. I don't know what level you are, but if I was you, I'd start checking, does my, does my list match up with God's? Am I in a place to where God can start commanding things to come my direction because I've honored him and kept him first. And can you do something right where you're standing before we pray for anybody? Can right where you're standing, I can't hear you, so I can't tell whether you do or not. But I just want you to raise your hand. I just want you to thank God for your health, for your house, for your car, for your job. Come on, let's just thank him for what he has done. want to just come to the front, present yourself to the Lord, why don't you slip out of your seat tonight and let's just come and present ourselves to God and see what God wants to do up here among us. We're in this thing together. We're in this thing together. There's no big eyes and no little U's. Thank you. Oh, thank 
pray for particular needs tonight that I feel like the Holy Spirit is placing in my heart. Anybody in this room that you've been asking God to give you a different job or to promote you on the job you're on? Are you in the house? I'm asking God for a different job. duplexes I know all the letters I felt drawn to you but I didn't know that's what your need was you working for somebody else you know this thing's getting ready to wind down in the house but I got a I've got a, a niece whose husband is large banker and I was talking to him and I said if this thing goes down what's going to happen to the housing <laughs> his words to me was it would take 10 years for us to build enough houses for the population we've got right now if the spigot shut off tomorrow <clears throat> I'm only saying that to encourage you to believe that if you're willing to trust God God says, I'm going to give you a sign that I'm going to start putting favor in your life. What's the number one need that you have in the way of a thing that would convince you that God would say to you, you can do this on your own. You can have people working for you. What's your greatest need? I'm not talking about money. Talk about a thing. You got all the you got all the tools, trucks, and all, everything that you need to do that. What? <laughs> I'm looking for something to hang a sign on. <laughs> that when this happens, it's God saying. Start looking because I'm going to start blessing. Don't forget who it is that does it. When God puts his hand in your business, are you going to honor him? Is he going to be first? You're not going to miss church because you've got to build a house, right? You heard that, Pastor. Father, I speak to this man's favor. Lord, he has it in his heart to do things on his own instead of working for somebody else. That's ambitious. That's your desire for him. You put it in his heart so you could say yes. Father, I'm asking you to give him a sign that will let him know that when the time is to do that, based on when something shows up, whether it be some kind of special truck that he don't have, or whether it be a person that has money 
say to him, if you want to start, if you want to start, if you want to start, I will back you until you're able to do it completely on your own. Father, we call those things into existence as though they were not. They will be. This church will be a witness of your favor and your blessing coming on this household. So, Father, we call it in, and we're looking, Lord, for the sign that your blessing and your favor is on us. We call it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is your baby here? here that you have pressing debt that you're not able to meet the demands for. Good. Here we are. saying it's a mistake. I'm not saying it's a bad decision. I don't know the, the circumstance, but I do know the one that has the answer. Father, I pray that in the next 12 months there will be people, there will be events, that look like that they're headed toward disaster, that's merely God opening a door so that their need can be met. <coughs> Lord, show them your favor. Show them your favor. Get them out of debt. Get the debt off of them so that it's livable. Lord, if they can give themselves into your blessing. <coughs> Lord, they can't give what they don't have because they're stressed. So take this from them. Lighten their load, Lord. Reduce it. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. speak over every evidence I speak over everything that's checked on that list we call you by name <coughs> and the word says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the Father every manifestation every physical thing that we see whether it be mental, whether it be balance, whether it be growth, 
whether it be intellectual, regardless of what is lacking. Lord, we ask that the Holy Ghost will grow life. I curse what has come against this child. I rebuke it with the authority of Jesus Christ. It is not from God. And in the name of Jesus, I speak the favor and the blessing of God who gives life and who receives life. That this child is going to be favored. Everybody say favored. Favor on this baby. Favor on this family. Favor on this house. Until, Lord, everything on that checklist has been documented and a school teacher says, I don't understand it, but it's happening. <laughs> they see character changes. They see difference in the way the child looks. Everything, Lord, was placed in your hands, and we nail it to the cross of Jesus Christ. We declare that slot clean. Folks, a miracle is if something takes place right now, that's a miracle. I believe this is going to be a healing. This is going to be a growth process that God's going to take action. He's going to do it. Amen. Amen. Anybody over here, you got any kind of financial need? some way that we can pray God's favor over you. Need a job? <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I see help-worded signs everywhere. Let her qualify for one of those. Lord, she needs money. She needs income. She wants to work. Lord, there are opportunities there. Lord, let her look for a sign. Let her look for a sign that she will know that what she's heard will work. It's true. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Step out of here, son. <clears throat> of all the things that you could that would convince you that God knows where you are and God knows who you are. How can he prove it to you? I'm going to give you an example. I realize that's catching me off guard. I had a friend of mine the other day that has a ministry and he was praying and he said God I need you to give me a sign about what I'm supposed to do in my ministry and he was going to start calling his conference Eagles conferences and he said Lord if this is what you want I want you to send an eagle to sit on my deck and he said I have not no more got the prayer out of my mouth until <coughs> he said I looked out of the on the deck of my house and he said it never happened before never happened since an eagle swooped and sat on his corner post and he said for a solid week same time every day that eagle would come and sit on his porch and fly away 
that was a sign to him of the favor of God. What could God do that would convince you that you can give everything you've got to him and know that he's going to bless you? Just name one thing. Tell right now, son, you got too much. <laughs> God's wanting me to speak into your life because that one thing that I ask you, He wants to convince you that when He does something for you that you know is a sign to you, you can serve Him all the days of your life and never question He exists. Never doubt that He's ever going to. this young man is precious in your sight and Lord you want to make an impression on his life for a life he has a future in front of him there are things that he has had to overcome and Lord you want to convince him that you're working the journey walking the journey with him and Father I pray within the next week $200 cash will be placed in his hand from somebody that's not in this church that will mark him. <coughs> Father, we call it forward from somebody that he doesn't even know that he will be marked on a Sunday night as being favored of the Lord. Mark him, Lord, for your purpose and for your glory that he will touch other people's lives in generosity in Jesus' name. And I'm going to pray for everybody else standing up here, and then we'll give it to Pastor. Father, every person in this room that tithes, I don't have to bless them because it's already blessed. Lord, they give to the poor, and you said that you'd give back to them. Lord, I pray for those that go beyond 
that is sowed into the building, into the future, that they will not stop sowing, that that building will be accelerated at a speed they never dreamed it would be possible. Because the demand is going to be needed by the time it's finished. Lord, I pray for increase. I pray for promotions on jobs. I pray for deals in the look in the in the <coughs> I pray for deals in the stores. When they buy cars that they don't get ripped off, they get a good deal. I pray, Lord, some of them will even have cars given to them. I pray, Lord, that hospital bills that they owe will be canceled and the hospital says you don't have to pay it. Lord, I pray that they will be reminded of the first fruit. Lord, that you will bless this church financially. Lord, put a rainbow of covenant over it. This is my house, and these are my kids, and they're going to be my side on the earth. That I'm with them, and I want them, the world to see. I want the world to see that I have blessed my kids. And everybody said, God's favor is is real, church. You know, a moment in His favor is is really unbelievable. I just I, I thank God for His favor that I'm able to walk in His favor every day. You know, favor goes beyond, like Pastor said, goes beyond your need. God just chooses to bless you. Tammy and I, we were with Haley this past week, and if you know my wife, you know she likes to shop. And we went shopping on Monday. You couldn't shop on the main street in Franklin, Tennessee, because a, a shacket was $850, and a shirt like this was $350. And I'm like, that's so, so we went to Walmart. And I was in there, and I seen this vest that I liked, and I was like, I, I wouldn't mind having that. And we got ready, to, and I was like, I picked it up, and then it's like, it's like $30 with taxes. It's like, I don't really like it that much. And we bought some items, and at the end of the week, Tammy, she took some things back that she didn't really want after she got it. And we went in there, and then they had this huge clearance, like crazy kind of clearance, like stuff was $3. Well, uh, those, that same vest was there on the rack, along with the rest of them. But in the clearance aisle, there were three of those vests, and one of them was my size. And I looked at it, and they, Tammy scanned it and said, $10. I said, I'll take it for $10. We get up to scan it, and it scanned for $3. I didn't really just want it or just ask. You know, it's just like... I was like, you know what, that looked pretty good to preach in sometime. You know, and God just, just done it. And you know, he's done that for Tammy and I and my family all of our lives. I could stand here and brag on God forever. We were sitting there talking to people 
that have learned to love Haley and, and they watch online. So they said, you have another one up there, right? Singing? Yeah. Said, she looks like your wife. I said, yeah. They said, it looks like your favor is all over your whole family. I said, yeah. My other daughter, she's up here playing the guitar. And they said, you know what you need to do? You need to write a book telling parents how to raise their daughters. Because whatever you done was right. And I just told them, I said, Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. Because when we were talking to pastors that they were heartbroken because their kids were not walking with the Lord. And I said, God was always first and our family was always second. And if you keep your priorities right with God and you seek Him first, you can't help but walk in God's favor. You cannot help but walk in His favor. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, I don't have anything. It doesn't matter what you have. It, all it matters is what He has. And what are you willing to give Him? What are you willing to offer Him? hands clenched or they open because God will never stop blessing somebody that has an open hand what a word I want to some of y'all would I want to pray for Brother Dorsey before we leave this building right here before we go back there that this ear would open up not just the one but the other and that whatever's the enemy trying to attack your body that he be done in the name of Jesus. So if some of you men would come, we want to pray with him before we before we go back and eat. Thanks for listening to the Cedarville First Podcast. If this sermon has blessed you, feel free to share it with a friend. For more information about Cedarville First, check us out on Facebook and the web at cedarvillefirst.com. See you next week.